Hello, not about us, friends and family. I wanted to give you a quick heads up about this conversation before you watch or listen. This one includes testimony from a very honest and genuine individual. He's going to tell you about some very real events that may not be appropriate for our younger audience to hear. Also, he's going to use some language that may not be appropriate for our younger audience to hear. However, I am not going to edit or censor anything that he said, as this is his testimony, and he wants to share it with you. Also, I think this is a very important testimony from a fellow brother in Christ, a self-described baby Christian who you are about to find out has already made leaps and bounds in his relationship with Christ. So please enjoy this one. I hope it's a blessing to you. Just remember, it may not be appropriate for all ages, so parents, please use your discretion. Thank you, everybody, and I pray God's blessings on you all. Hello, Not About Us friends and family. Welcome to another Just Conversation piece. Uh, as always, the goal is to just talk about the things that the Spirit is laying on our hearts. Um, but today, we have a special guest star, a special guest star podcaster. Uh, <laughs> we'll have him introduce himself in a moment. But as always, I'm Brad. I'm Christian. And I'm Scott. And this is Not About Us. So yes, we have a special guest podcaster. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is uh, Christian Julian Flores. I'm uh, 41 years old. I was uh, born in uh, Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. Okay, that's enough about you. Let no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, been raised on the south side of Des Moines. Uh, and yeah, I'm here, here today. Invited. Thank you for inviting me. And. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, so in a couple of our previous, uh, one, the last conversation and uh, last Genesis study, we, we kind of talked about kingdom life and how it was really important to Scott and I and how refreshing it was to find that. And and uh, you're part of that, too. Yeah, you actually got a shirt. I was thinking, kingdom life ministry. If I can get it. <laughs> get in there. Kingdom Life. Bigger Than That Outreach? Bigger Than That Outreach Program. Oh, wow. So it's part of the Bigger Than Out, bigger than Life Outreach, where we just go out and do stuff in the community. Very good. Um, I'm a big part of that. I just love giving back. Um, I feel, every time I feel like Matthew, you know, and, and Matthew where he tells me, you know, I'm going to make you fishers of men, you know, in that part when he's talking about Peter. And uh, mm -hmm. I just, man, I just need to be out there. I'm a doer. You know what I mean? I, I do things. Yeah. I just sit back and go to church, pray, <laughs> Sunday's best, come and eat food. No, I'm in your house. I'm in your tent. I'm in your yeah. face. I'm out there. I'm saying, you know, hey, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'm not going to force it upon you. I'm not going to, uh, hey, if you go to hell, if you're blah, blah, I'm not one of those people. Well, you have uh, what I refer to as the, the gift of gab and you have that bigger than life personality. Yeah. And so the very first time that I went, you know, I, uh, to Kingdom Life, to the men's uh, group, you know, I sat down next to the person I know, because that's what I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with. And then you sat down next to me. Mm -hmm. And two minutes into that, I just felt so comfortable. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just, 
I, I just felt yeah. like, you know, like I, I'm supposed to be here. This yeah. is just part of it. You know, it's crazy, a little story about that. Um, I didn't know anything about Kingdom Life. I didn't know anything about uh, men's group. Um, I think we, you and I might have show, shown up to Kingdom for the first time I think together. We did. I yeah, showed up because my brother Freddie, um, he, uh, what got me going there was he, uh, he had an incident, I won't even call it, it was his, uh, he had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was looking to change his ways. Um, you know, I was going through some spiritual battles myself where it was suicidal thoughts, um, stuff in my life that I was going through that was real dark. My past was haunting me a lot. Um, I just, no matter how many times I felt happy in life, no matter how many times um, I could do things with people, whether it be barbecues, drugs, alcohol, I never felt full. I never felt that, and I chased it. I chased it, everything. I, I was the one planning next week's barbecue and next Thursday's outing because I wanted that love. I wanted that uh, affection, and I was, I didn't know Jesus Christ then. I didn't know, I knew of him, yeah. you know, but I didn't know the relationship with him. Yeah, I didn't there's know a difference between the, knowing about exactly. and knowing. Yes, yeah. and, and that's the thing that I was missing, and funny, that I was going to a party and uh, I was telling my brother Freddie this the other day, I was like, I was going to there to a party to a guy that I was upset with because he told people um, something about me and I was upset with him because of the simple fact that I trusted you with some information and you told people and what I told him was I keep hearing music playing in my head for no reason. I was smoking weed and I was hearing music over, I don't know if you guys know Jelly Roll, the artist Jelly Roll. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has a song called Son of a Sinner. And that song would not stop replaying over and over and over in my head. From the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, I'd be washing dishes and that bad, 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 like over and over. It was tormenting me. And I was to the point where I thought I was gonna go crazy. I'm like, I'm going to have to go admit myself. Right. I didn't know scripture. I didn't know, hey, God, help me. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, he who is in me is greater than he who is attacking me. I, I never knew those things. I couldn't pull him out my spiritual knife and wear right. a sword and fight it off. I was, I was cornered. You know, I felt anxiety and I felt panic attacks. And I don't know how many times I was in the hospital <laughs> in a month because I thought I was having a heart attack. Or I thought I was having this. And, I thought something was happening because I was so overwhelmed and I'm on my way to this party and I'm angry and I'm telling my wife, I don't really want to go to this party. I don't really want to go. We're right by my brother Freddie's house and he just had this incident like four days later. So he's recovering at home and something in me, which now I know was the Holy Spirit said, go to Freddie's house. So I'm driving because he was right down the street from Lincoln and I hook a left real quick, go to his house. He's having problems with his family. They're arguing, they're, everybody's had each other's throats. And, and I walk in and I can feel the heaviness of argument. You can, you know, when you walk into a house and uh -huh. a couple just got done fighting. Right. You know, one's over here, the other one's over there. They're not safe. I was like, what's up, man? I was like, ooh, <laughs> what happened here? You want me to come back? First thing he told me is like, brother, I need to go to church tomorrow. I said, me too. 
Didn't even hesitate. Didn't even say no. Nah. I was like, I'll go with you. Let's go. Fast forward the next day, I went to go see my nephew play soccer. He ended up hurting himself, so I was able to make it. The whole way there, the devil kept saying, no, don't go. Go home. You can watch church online. You could do this. And I'm like, ah, man, I got to go. The moment I walked into Kingdom Life, something in me kind of didn't like it. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, I need to be here. And towards the end of the sermon, Pastor Andre Brooks, Kingdom Life Ministry, I love him. That's my I love him like a big brother, not only as a pastor, but I look to him like a role model, you right. know, a father figure. Um, he called me out. And I mean, I'm in the middle of this whole congregation. And he said things to me that till this day, <clears throat> get me a little choked up, like right now. <laughs> he said things to me that nobody knew but God. Nobody. And And I knew then that it was love. Um, I felt comfortable. I hugged him. I hugged him like if I was a little kid hugging his father for the first time. Uh -huh. And uh, I knew then that kingdom life, like that's my home. And uh, I've been there ever since. Um, I've been there ever since. I go, I've only missed about three times, but uh, I go there because of the simple fact that it it feels like home to me. It doesn't feel like a church. Um, and it's just my spiritual walk then now, it's grown tremendously. Look where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I never knew I'd be doing something like this, but something to me spoke to me then that it's like, you have to give it all to me. You have to give me everything. And for the longest, I fought it, bro. I fought. Uh, I, I always figured things out. Um, I always, if I had an eviction notice show up, you know, I'd go sell drugs to make that money. Um, if something happened, I needed to go protect somebody, I went and handled it. Like, I always counted upon myself. My wife always told me, you know, I always know you'll make it happen. You know, I always, you know, I always just tell her, I'll go kick down doors before we end up homeless. You know, I was the type of guy that would go rob drug dealers. You know, as crazy as that would sound, I would be comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care. That's why right now I'm so comfortable when I go out to do the, the homeless outreach camps. I'm so comfortable being in that type of environment to where I, I'm not afraid. Somebody told me one day, don't you have a knife? Carry a knife? Which I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, well, this, I said, man, Jesus is with me. Right. You know, hey, put, put gloves on. For what? With diseases and COVID. I said, do you think Jesus was down here with gloves? <laughs> he was not yeah. healing leprosy and healing this. He didn't have no protection. He loved them. And I see that, bro. I see that so much now with, with people coming up. I'm holding hands with complete strangers. Yeah. I'm hugging people, not worried about COVID at all, period. I'm not worried about nothing. Do I hand sanitize when I get in my car? Yes, <laughs> I, I do. But as far as where I started to where I'm at now, um, this group is amazing. You know, uh, yeah. the gift of gab that you say I have, I never knew I had. 
I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just so, when I first came here to the United States, I didn't know no English. I knew zero English. I came here when I was two years old, um, crossed the border illegally, um, did the whole run across the border, got smuggled in a van, um, went to California. From California, we took an airplane here because my mom had an aunt here in Des Moines that worked at Holiday Inn. <clears throat> so I did that whole immigration, illegal crossing thing. I didn't know English, period. The reason I know this- How old were you? You just say two? I was two years old two, when I came okay. to um, by the time I got here to Des Moines, I was nine. I spent about five or six years in Orange County, California. California. Um, first time I ever seen fried chicken, I thought it was cornflakes. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. Uh, first time I ever had a cheeseburger was on the airplane. Um, I'm looking wow, at this wow. guy. He's sitting there eating this cheeseburger, and uh, I'm just looking at him. And we in Mexico call, have this thing called a torta. Okay. Basically, you know, uh, uh, two uh, meat in between two two pieces of bread. So I thought it was a torta. And sitting there looking at this guy, and I remember this American guy he looked at him and was like, "You hungry?" I didn't know what he was saying, you know. And he went, and I was, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's why to me, it's like I don't care who you are. You universal. You thirsty. You hungry. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who, what, language. Two things you want to: you thirsty or you hungry. He gave me half that burger, and from then on, I fell in love with cheeseburgers, brother. You know what I mean? Um, got here to the Moines, um, and I guess where it comes from is I was always put out of comfort. My mom had to work two jobs, so I always had to be in different places, um, different babysitters. My mom didn't have one specific babysitter you got for the whole seven years. You know, every day was somewhere else. Every day, my wife says I have had abandonment issues when I was a child because wake up in the morning, my mom would drop me off in this building, and then I wouldn't see my mom until five, six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that forced me to go have conversations with people that was out of my realm, that I was out of my, I would say, comfort zone. You know, I had to go say this to this person, and and, and being the only kid. I had to go translate for everybody going to ESL. That's how come I perfected English so well. I'm fluent in Spanish. And just like I talk English like this, I talk Spanish. Um, and that's just something that I never used to my advantage. My wife's like, you should have been this communication, this. And I'm like, I just, to me, I always had the immigrants, immigrant state of mind to where I had to work the concrete jobs, the hard yeah. labor, ditch digging, the, mm-hmm. the landscaping. Like nobody ever said, hey, don't do that. Do this. You know, and, and I think that's what got me to be so, um, Freddie calls it charismatic. You know, you got confidence and your charisma. And it's like, I had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. It was either yeah. be the guy that shuts up and everybody picks on or stand up for myself and say, hey, I'm thirsty. Uh, hey, this person's hungry. You know, I don't know how many times I had to go translate for people. I was a guy in the trailer park that everybody went and said, let me borrow your son. <laughs> I think that's why I didn't do translating because of the simple fact that I went to Broadlands 50 times a week, you know. I knew more medical terminology than doctors that were just coming out of uh, school. You know, I just got tired of it, man. And uh, I think that's where it comes from because to me, I don't see it. I just, to me, I just say what's on my mind and I get my point across. And, and before I didn't listen, that's one thing that I've learned. Before it's like, I'm saying what I'm saying, you shut up, I'm leaving. Now it's like, What's your input? 
you know. And uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, I've been here ever since. Um, you know. And now I know um, in the Genesis one that we just recorded, mm-hmm. I said I had some stuff to add, but I'll wait for now. Well, this is now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we were talking earlier uh, about this, and I just want to share with everyone how I feel like. Uh, we were talking about Paul and Peter, yeah. and I feel like Paul mm-hmm. in the sense that you know Paul was the student, mm-hmm. and Paul studied and had intimate knowledge of the scriptures and things, and I feel like that's my my love. Mm-hmm. I just dive into the Bible, and I'm like, you know, people, hey, you want to come? No, go away. I'm in here. I'm in here. <laughs> go away. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, yours is boring. This is fun. This is, you know, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, I see as Peter, yeah. is just I'm gonna I'm gonna jump onto the water. You know, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go out and do this, and I'm yeah. gonna charge forward. Um, and and we're just talking about how how God and we, we already discussed this at, at lunch earlier and stuff, but how God uses everyone. Yeah. And He wants a variety of people. And 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 uh, to uh, to Brad's point earlier. Uh, when I came to the the study, the Bible st- uh, study for the first time uh, at Kingdom Life, Iron Sharpens Iron, yep. I was so appreciative mm-hmm. of everyone who was completely different from me mm-hmm. and yet totally accepting of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking... And, and Freddie, if you're listening to this, you're invited to be a part of this if you ever want to. But I remember thinking, um, oh, my God, you and Freddie just jumped out at me as two people who were so full of joy and life. And, and you telling your story about how you got there is like, wow, because I saw someone coming in with, I love you all and everything's wonderful. And I didn't, I didn't see the pain behind it because what I saw was the spirit of God coming out of you and someone who had said, I love my Lord and this is who I want to be. And I remember thinking with both of you, I was like, I want to get to know these guys. You know, now Freddie. That's how I met Freddie. Was actually was uh, called my nephew Noah, uh, my my good friend, best friend, Gary Beaumont, um, is his father, and uh, you know I met him when he was sixteen. I worked at the airport. Uh, crazy young kids, you know, living life. Um, he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, did I sell you a Monte Carlo?" I'm like, "If that ain't the most racist bull crap ever." <laughs> He looked like a Mexican I sold the Monte Carlo to. I'm like, really? That's how you want to start your conversation? <laughs> I was like, no, you didn't sell me a conversation. I got a Monte Carlo. He's like, you smoke weed? I'm like, yeah. So like, come on. So we went on break time. We went across from the airport prior to 9-11. Uh, we went across the street, smoked a bowl, and we just hit it off. Man, became best friends at the age of 16. Um, and his son, when he had a son, you know, he could fit in my palm. You know, he's real, real small, and, and uh, we're still stay connected. Um, I love him very dearly. Uh, the other day, he called me and gave me this this uh, <laughs> joke and had me laughing. I'm like, I'm glad that we're still 16 to 41. We still have this connection. And his son was the reason how I met Freddie. Uh, because of the simple fact that his son and Freddie's nephew went to school together. So Freddie came down from Minnesota. I've met, I've known Freddie for about nine years now. 
and uh, we just kicked it off, man. We kicked it off, you know. Uh, I used to be a gang member. Uh, I represented uh, the color red on the street, so so did Freddie. So we just kicked it off, you know. We always had this gift, you know. If people knew Freddie and they knew me, so when we show up to parties, it's like, okay, party's here. You know what I mean? The guys are here, and I always be the one to show up with an ounce of weed, a bottle, and a whole 24-pack of beer. You know, and Freddie show up with the papers, ready to roll them up, and here we go. I'd have everybody stupid high by the time I left that party, you know, because I was the one giving away everything, but always empty. See, I used to, like you say, yeah, yeah, I'm there and I'm happy, like, yeah, boo, boo, but inside, I was hurting. Inside, I was, I was looking for something else, you know. I, I, I never liked smoking weed. Like, I got forced into smoking weed. When I got jumped into a gang, they told me, if you don't smoke weed, we're going to beat your ass every time. Right. And I'd be sitting there getting punched. I remember sitting in the car. They'd be passing it, and i want to pass. I'd be getting punched by grown men, you know, go home with bruises. I got tired of it. So it wasn't even like I liked it. I got coerced into it because I was looking for love. I was looking for that affection because my dad was in Mexico. My mom was working two jobs. My sister was here, but she was doing her thing. So I was a product of my environment. You know what I mean? I was uh, going out to the streets, seeing Mexicans with big old wads of money, selling drugs and doing everything. It's like, do I want to be like my mom and, and have three jobs and make a little $108 a week? Or do I want to make $1,000 in five minutes? You know, that's where I flipped it. You know, that's where I'm like. But yeah. I see now how God was there. The things that I've done in my life, I should be in prison for life. You know what I mean? I should be in jail. I should be deported, you know what I mean, for the things that I've done. But by the by the grace of God, I'm still here for a reason. I'm still here, and that's what Freddie I, Freddie tells me. He's like, there's something about you. I'm like, and I say that about you. <laughs> I say that about Freddie. I'm like, bro, there's something. He's like, stop it. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you. You feed off me, and I feed off of you. You know, and, and, and some people, like, they think it's weird. They're like, well, where is this? I don't know what it is. It's an attraction. And it comes from a 16-year-old, a uh, 12-year-old kid that passed away that my best friend till this day has an issue with because I know, I know he's a good God-fearing man. The dude's a great man. Gary's a great man. He will give you his last dollar if you needed to. You know, he puts together a daddy-daughter dance uh, for, for pair, for sons, you know, for um, fathers that have daughters. You know, to take your daughter over there and have a good time, show her what a respectable date is for. So I know his heart is good. He's just angry. He's angry because of the simple fact that his son died. You know, it wasn't out of his control. He had that. Uh, it was it was going around where his immune system was low, and um, it was going around with a big infection, almost like a, a a viral infection, and it took his kid. And he was so angry, and he's still so angry. Um, you know, to this day, but I know he's got a great heart and I know, um, that he, he's just, he's one of those things where it's like, I work on him and I work on him, but he, he's like, yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, Hey, you know what? I show him love and compassion because that's what Jesus did yeah. to me. So I feel like if I show that to him, you know, the other day we was at a birthday party and he goes and hand me something like that. And I go to grab it because I thought it was a weed pipe. I'm like, I don't want that. It's like, come on. I'm, like, I'm good, bro. Like, I'm past that level. 
you know, my wife smokes marijuana every day. My wife battles depression, um, anxiety, um, a lot of things. And I don't look at her like you're bad, you know, for doing that. Do your thing. God convicted me in that way where I didn't want to touch it because I thought I was going crazy mm -hmm. smoking weed. Because I was hearing things. And now that sometimes I still hear them, I was saying this the other day in groups, sometimes they come back. And I didn't know how to fight them. But going to this group showed me how to fight them. I said, hey, sing it, sing it out loud. Fight it back. You know, the other day I'm sitting there vacuuming. And then some, for some reason my mind says, Yahweh, Yahweh. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, why are you, are you attacking me now with Christian music? Like, are you really now hitting me with things I hear at church? Are you trying to make me think that I'm crazy enough to start here? And uh -huh. that's what Brother Mike said, nah, sing it. Start singing that stuff. Uh -huh. And I, now you got me, Yahweh, Yahweh, vacuum in the middle of my job. You know what uh -huh. I mean? And it's, it's just, it's amazing. This, If it wasn't for a group, I don't think I'd be deep into how deep I am into my walk. Yeah. The group has made it to where we can come and talk, talk about anything. There's no judgment. Um, my, my friend Tanner, um, he is a, scare, is a schizophrenic, you know, he's paranoid schizophrenic. He cannot trust it. And that's why when we sat right now, he needed to sit with his back that way. And I gave him that seat, you know, uh -huh. when next to me, uh, uh, Marcus, I called him. No, I would have told him that's my seat. I said, brother, you, I know him. I know he needs to be with his back up against the wall. Because if not, somebody can say something to him or he can hear something and he turn around and say, what, what the fuck did you say? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Because he's like that. You know, my brother did five years in prison. Um, <clears throat> I know he wouldn't matter. He, he wouldn't uh, matter what I say. He did it because uh, uh, his ex-girlfriend was using his daughter as a prostitute. Oh, you know? man. And... and he went in there and beat him, beat her and her boyfriend, whoever, with a baseball bat. And he did five years. You know, he did yeah. five years for that. And who was actually speaking about this on the way for dropping him off? And he kept telling me, he's like, you know what, brother, I'll do it again. I'm like, see, that's where if you if you know God now where I'm at, because I probably would have said the same thing seven months ago. Uh -huh. But if you know God now where I'm at, you know that vengeance is not yours. Uh -huh. You, you know you've grown up in your brain spiritually when you can say, I'm going to let God handle that. Mm -hmm. That's hard for people in where I come from. Yeah. We, we're used to taking vengeance with our hands. We're used to yeah. grabbing you up and causing harm to you and leaving. You know, it wasn't nothing for me to hit you in the head with the baseball bat and go eat tacos with my family and not worry if you're living or not. That was very scary to me, especially to hear Tanner say, I got to the point where I could kill them and I wouldn't have mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and he's like, and I think God wanted us. I said, no, 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 hold on. I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. That was not God that had to do that, brother. I said, that was the devil. The devil wanted you to take their life. The devil wanted you to beat them to a pulp to where they died. Because then where, where would that put you at? You know, he's fighting to see his kids because of the whole way he did the things. You know what I mean? And, and to me, it's like the way I used to be, I could help and mentor him. Because if he came to you and said that stuff, I don't think you'd be qualified, I would say, to right. 
talk to him in that way. And that's oh, where it absolutely. goes back to, I can talk to people like that on the streets mm-hmm. because I've been there. Right. You're talking about how you're as far as long as you are because of the group. Mm-hmm. I'm as far as long as I am because of Scott and because of Greg Gall. Nice. So, I mean, there's these people in our lives that, mm-hmm. that, that we, and I always say, well, I don't always say it, but I've said it plenty of times. If you don't have yourself a Scott, find yourself a Scott because mm-hmm. you need that accountability partner mm-hmm. because we, we, we have our personal relationship with God, yep. but God also wants us to have a relationship with each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so when there's something that is too big for me in this moment yep. and I need help, I know that my accountability yep. partner yep. here will, will take care of me, yep. you know, yep. and that, that was, that was actually a prayer, you yep. know, that was a prayer that I did. I actually, I don't know if I ever told you, but I prayed because I was looking at my I was looking at my circle of friends uh-huh. at the time and atheist, mm-hmm. atheist. Now I'm not, I, I have been on and off again in my life at that point yeah. with being a studier and looking into things and then going long periods of time where I was, you know, not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would, I had moments where I was happy with God and I had moments where I was mad at God. Yeah. And it just hit me one day. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I want I want to just pursue this thing. Yeah. But who do I have around me? Yeah, I don't have yeah. anybody around me that will do the same thing. They're going to encourage me to go back to the way I've been acting. Yeah. You know, I never, I never, I always believed in God. Mm-hmm. But there were times that when I was hanging out with them, where if the subject came up for some reason, mm-hmm. it was easy to just just to just to make it easy for them too, just to be able to say, oh yeah, and yeah, it's, he's not real. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So here I, I, I say this prayer. Mm-hmm. I say this prayer, God, God just, give me somebody. I, you know, I had Greg Gall when I was younger, but he's been dead now for 15 years. I need, I, I need mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. I need an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So when, if I'm going to do this thing, I need someone to kick me in the gear if, yeah. I, if I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, I then, as life continues on, I got a new job. It's the same place that Scott's working. Mm. And I don't, I don't even know how long it was uh, before we actually started hanging out. But I remember, I remember you and Kevin were talking about a game day. Mm. And I was sitting over in the third. We, you know, Scott sat there. Uh, another buddy sat. Kevin sat here. And I sat here. And I heard you guys talking about a game day and whatnot. And I'm like... Invite me, invite me. <laughs> I just, I wanted to be a part of it yeah. and, and didn't get invited. So I went home and I was like, it's all right. They're, they're, they're old friends. They've known each other forever. Stop being this way. But then somewhere along the way, uh, Scott said something that made me go, what? <laughs> Cause he was talking about, uh, what was it? Easter. I want to say it was because other people were asking, what are your Easter plans right. and stuff? And I was saying, I don't do Easter. Huh. And and I oh, realized threw people off. And I realized that I'd been professing as a Christian, and I I kind of saw his like <laughs> what in the world you don't do these, and so I kind of like I didn't want to leave this alone, so I kind of walked over by myself and said, Brad, I just want you to know I don't do Easter because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And then at that moment something happens. It's a busy clinic, and he goes off to the back room. And I'm left kind of there going, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? Maybe how the Holy Spirit told you to go clarify 
Uh, and I'm still in the bathroom like, what? <laughs> because, because then that's what led to, I've got to know more about this. And that's what led to today. Yeah. And well, that's, that's kind of like at lunch when I was telling you, God has led me for the last 20 years down some things that I think are wrong in the church. And you know, that's one of them, I think. You know, I, I, I've been in this place where I don't do Christmas and Easter anymore because I don't think that's what God set up. No. I don't attack people who do them. Yeah. But he yeah. just led me to a place where I get into the Bible and say, what is it that God told us to do? Yeah. Yeah. And so this this came up in this way that made him go, okay, what's going on here? Because I'll let you... like you, I'm, I'm, I was raised Catholic, mm -hmm. but we were not church-going Catholics. Yeah. It's just that that's what, if people asked, are you a Christian? Well, we're Catholic. Mm -hmm. I was baptized as a baby, mm -hmm. and that is... And I, I can probably count on one hand how many services we actually went to yeah. when I was a child. But so here I am struggling with this. Uh, and then through the process of time, uh, you know, he starts telling me some things about here or here. He recommends another person for me to check out. And I check it out and I start listening to it. And I'm like, man, this sounds really right. Like, this yeah. seems correct. Mm -hmm. And then he, he comes to me one day and he's like, I write plays. And I have this play, and do you want to do? Would you want to do a part in it? It's just the voice, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm not an actor, but I can, I can just talk. Yeah. Sure. He's like, it's the voice of God. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to be the voice of God? Like, no. Like, no but, pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but, but, um, but I was attending a church at the time, and so we got together. I think it started on Wednesday night. Wednesdays. And we got together just primarily to practice this play yeah. and then it turned into just talking about stuff and then it turned into you know we brought our bibles and kind of did some studying but it was mostly just fellowship yeah. it was exactly what we're doing at the yeah. men's group and so when he when he went and tested the men's group and then he told me about it he was like brad it's it's what we were doing yeah you know yeah. And, and i was like all right i gotta it's go a, see it's a beautiful thing and it's especially now like wednesday you know, sometimes Brother Joseph, I call him Poppy, um, when he starts getting into his, uh, you know, holes, like sometimes I'm like, <laughs> you know, so, but he's expressing himself, you know, uh, the whole parable, I call it a parable, what you did about the the girl and everything. Yeah. It really, and I, and I was able to tell Freddie about that. It really made me think of how I sin now, how you were saying about that. Yeah, because um, it does put into perspective of what I've seen people shoot heroin up or meth or smoke meth or do lines of coke or smoke weed or cheat on their wives. We never sit there and think I've seen a picture one time where a dude was shooting up and the dude's hand, Jesus had his hand. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, had his hand. Yeah. And the dude was shooting up and Jesus was putting his hand. And that when you said that, that blew my mind. Uh, you see, without this group and without you saying that, I wouldn't have known. Because now I'm more mindful of how I try to keep my commandments, how I sin. The Holy Ghost tells me now, the Holy Spirit tells me now, Christian, you shouldn't have had that conversation. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. When before, blah, 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 I had an AK-47 right here. Yeah. Right here, just, just spitting that gossiping. Did you hear about so and so? He fucked this person, and he's an asshole. And it's just like now I'm like, whoa, you know. I seen that last weekend. We were sitting there, Freddie's daughter's birthday. She turned 21. You know, I haven't really drank um, since 
you know, coming to Christ and doing this path. I, I, I slipped up once, New Year's Eve. Uh, we drank seven bottles of tequila. <laughs> uh, still walked away. But it wasn't like I was bad or anything. Me and, and the girl, I hugged. My wife told me, she's like, I didn't like the way you hugged her. But what I was saying to my wife on the way home, because I felt disrespected in Freddie's house, that she was out of line because I would never cheat on her or put her in that perspective. Mm -hmm. I love the girl like a sister. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just didn't like the way your mouth was by her cheek, which I understand now. But then I was so drunk that I'm like, fuck you and you uh -huh. should know better. If you're scared of me leaving you to step your fucking game up. And I'm sitting there saying these things that the next day yeah. my, yeah. my wife was just so hurt. She uh -huh. didn't want to see me. Yeah. And I feel so hurt. Because I'm like, how could you say that to the person that you love? Even though you didn't do nothing, you might as well have cheated on her. You might as well have done something. Mm -hmm. Even though in your mind, you didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing wrong. I embraced her. I might have gave her a, a kiss on the cheek. But I love her. She was Juanita's sister. And I love all three of them like my sister. Because my sister's deported. She's in Mexico. I don't have that love. You know, I don't have that embrace that I can do that. So... I knew, I was like, yeah, I can't be drinking like that. Because before this, I could sit here and drink a whole bottle of tequila, drink a 24-pack of Budweiser, smoke an ounce of weed, and go hit Perkins. Mm -hmm. That to a normal person, you're done. <laughs> you're done for. But to me... I think less than half of that I would have done You know what I mean? Like, to me, my, my group, my people, my friends at 16, we've uh, partied so hard and so much that... Yeah. It ain't nothing to see five cases stacked up at the end of the night, seven bottles of tequila gone, and people dancing, where normal people would be out for the count, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this, to me, it's like I knew. So Saturday, I had a couple beers, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, why are you drinking? You already know you're still the same person you was before the alcohol now, mm -hmm. and the drugs now. Why are you drinking? Is a temptation? Is it you just want a cold one? So I tested myself. I'm like, okay, drink. But listening to my friend talk about somebody else's character and how he was degrading him and how he's this and that, I'm just like, brother, take a look in the mirror. Like you're you're literally doing what we talk about in church. How you're destroying somebody's integrity, their character by the words that are coming out of your mouth. But yet, look at your own life. Look at your own stuff. Nobody can tell you nothing about you because then you start yeah. getting all defensive. You know, and to me, at the end of the night, my wife kept telling me, she's like, you know, because I had some wine and I had a couple more beers. And on the way home, I stayed with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I kept saying, why did you drink? What was the point of you drinking tonight? Uh -huh. You're still the same person. Yeah. You still had a good time. Is it because I'm so thought process to trained to do those things when I'm around those people. That's where you're just talking about having to change your circle. Mm -hmm. Because if I go back to my circle, people look up to me. They looked up to me. When I used to go to bars with my friends, they felt some type of way because I had to be a Christian with them. Yeah. So they puff their chest up and walk around, fuck you looking at? You know, what you looking at, bro? Come up to me. And I remember my, my, my other brother, Matt, you know, when I call them my brothers, it's just these guys that have been with me since day one. 
16, 17 years old. You know, they're not really my blood brothers. Uh, my brothers, my blood brothers are dead. But that's why I called them brothers. I was looking for brothers in that type. Mm -hmm. You know, now this group that I'm in, I call them my brothers. I call you my brother, you my brother. You know, that's the brotherhood that I need to empower myself. Because when I used to walk around, my brother Matt used to sit there. He walked up to the, I don't know if you know them, they're called the, uh, the Alphasteros. By the what? The Alpha Steros. Yeah, I've heard of them. It's a 1% or biker gang. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, we're at a bar and we're sitting there. And uh, these guys, you know, the prospects, you know, the prospects are guys that want to get into the gang, but they got to prove themselves. You know, they want to get in their biker gang. And 1%ers mean they don't care, man. They'll kill you and leave. We're sitting there and I'm having, I'm taking, you know, Jack and Coke was my thing and I'm sitting drinking. My wife's right next to me. His baby mom at the time comes up to me and she's like, hey, you need to go get Matt. And I said, why? He's about to get his ass whooped over there. I look over and I see him and I see the bikers with the cuts. I see them playing pool, not worrying about my, my brother. But the three prospects, the ones that had no markings, were right in front of them like this. Mm -hmm. I walk over and he sees me. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up now, motherfuckers? I said, no, 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 no. I grabbed him. I said, let's go. He's like, what? I pushed him. I said, let's go. I told the girls, come on, we're leaving. I looked at the guy. I was like, hey, I'm sorry, man. I apologize. He's like, no, nah, man, get him the fuck out of here. And he said, what are you doing? I'm pushing him on the way out of the bar. <laughs> and he gets I said, what the fuck? I was like, dude, do you understand what you're doing right now? I was like, them fucking people will kill us and not think nothing of it, man. No, man, quit being a bitch. And then, uh, yeah, I am going to be a bitch. Let's go, bro. <laughs> Let's get out of here. They caught him in the car. I literally had to physically put him in the car, close the door, get him out of here. They left. My wife, we get in the car. She's like, why is Matt so stupid? I was like, I don't know. The next day he calls me. He's like, bro, what happened? I was like, you was rolling the dice, bro. You was rolling the dice. You was literally playing Russian roulette with the gun out here trying to think you want to, you use me as your, you know, Christian's here. Uh -huh. No. We, yeah, and I told him what he did, and he's like... Yeah, so he didn't great. know he was too drunk? He was oh, too drunk. He okay. Was, and, and not only that, but he seen me and puffed up even more. Uh-huh. And that's how people used to use me. They used to, like a pit bull or a bodyguard or something, because I was out here in the streets ready to roll. I didn't want to hear your story. I beat your ass. I left. You know, I was in gang. I got jumped in by a gang, you know, 13, 14 guys for two minutes and when I experienced that 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 was shown to me so you never ran you don't run from an ass whooping you don't run you don't back down no matter no matter how many people's across me you took that ass whooping for two minutes so you understand that you have that in you and that's crazy how the, the enemy trains his people like that mm -hmm. you know what I mean it goes back to now it's like where God has been with me, whether it's been guns and knives and baseball bats and this and that, I got out of that. You know what I mean? I could have been here. I could have been dead. I could have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I could have been somewhere, but there's a reason why I'm not, you know, and, and, and people don't understand that. To me, I tell people now, I've never met a man that put whooping to me like my mama did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I don't care what anybody says. My mama whooped my it wasn't it wasn't because she was abusive. It was my fault. You know, I was a kid that yeah. don't touch that light. 
I ain't gonna touch that light. You know what I mean? It was my fault. But I never met a man or men or a group of men that have put the fear of God in me. Like knowing now I wanna be judged a certain way. I don't want God to say, I don't know you. That scares me more than guns in my face than mm-hmm. any gang fight because yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow. I don't, don't fear anyone who can take your life. Fear the one who can send you to exactly. hell. Exactly. Exactly. And now that's why I tell Freddie, because he's like, man, brother, your walk and my walk, I want to be where you're at. I want that. And I tell him, I was like, brother, for the last 20 years of my life, I've done everything for other people. I've done everything for the enemy. You know, I never did nothing for God. And I feel now that I, where he's got me out of and where I'm at now that I know that I'm not crazy, I'm not suicidal, I'm blessed, I have a beautiful family, I'm happy, I got peace now. Um, I want to share that. I want to, I keep telling people, if I can get on top of the principal building and have a PA system, I will tell them how good my God has been to me. So why not go out there and spread it to the community? You know, why not go out there and, and be, I can be the spearhead of going into tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Thugging 11 is going to be at a, a Union Park and we're going to be out there speaking to kids, you know. So. And you know, this is. I, I see this in you, and it's one of the reasons I came to you first and yeah. asked if you wanted to be a part of this. Yeah. Is because I knew you wanted to shout. You wanted yeah. to say, "Hey, world, this yeah. is this is who Jesus is." On mm-hmm. our very first yes. podcast, we talked about love wants yeah. to be shared. Yeah, yeah. and that and was that's what it is. that was what was so cool um, about Scott and I is that he also had. Uh, people in his past that he had tried to share this stuff to mm-hmm. I mean, he would learn something cool and he would try to go share it and it would be a bad experience because a lot right? of people yeah okay. I got to the point where I shut down for a couple of years because it was just like okay I've hit my I've beaten my head against the brick wall the blood is running into my eyes I can't see I'm, I'm done I'm not doing this anymore mm-hmm. because I would go I, I would sit here and go ah Oh my goodness, look at this. Look at what it says. This I've never seen this before. This is amazing. Thank you, God. Hey, hey, check this out. And I would get people who would go, don't you look at that. Knock that off. That is not of God. It's it's of God. It's right here. Look. Mm-hmm. And, and there's truth, and it's freeing, and it's wonderful. But I had people trapped in religion yeah. who would say, don't you dare tell me that mm-hmm. because that changes what I want to be true. Yeah. And and Andres talked about this too in, mm-hmm. in group, the people who will fight you because you stand opposed to their religion yeah. by giving the freedom that's in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to the point where I, I shut down. Brad talks about I was an answer to prayer to him. He was an answer to prayer to me. And we yeah. haven't talked about that too much because I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm so sick. I was crying to myself in my room because I'm trying to share love with people and they're beating me for it. I mean, it wasn't a physical, you know, like, like you talk about being jumped by 14 guys. It was an emotional. It was a verbal. You, you stink. Knock it off. You're nothing. Who are you to be saying things like this? Uh, and, and I went into a hole. And, and as much as I helped Brad, Brad got me out of that hole. And so... We're, we're meeting for, I think, more than a year, uh, or maybe a year on the dot. I don't know. But a realization, one of our meetings came out to me in my head. I just, 
It just popped in there. Scott was the answer to that prayer that I said. Yeah. I completely, I, I didn't forget that I prayed it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't thinking about it. Now I'm, now I'm running. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm chasing. I'm doing everything. I just hadn't stopped to consider it. So we've been together meeting for, you know, a year or more. Mm-hmm. And it's just, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> God, he answered my prayer. Yeah. And, and, man, and, and that, I, I remember that just that for like a week, I was just like, that, that love that God answered my prayer. And I I had that one other time with God uh, where it just, I I, I didn't know my dad. I was raised by my mom and she had her own issues. So uh, when I was 14 and 15, there was a discussion of emancipation and trying to get away from her. Um, Long story short, in my 20s, she got off of her drugs and she she turned everything around Mm -hmm. and man, we had a beautiful relationship. So it has a happy ending. She's since passed. But uh, there for a time, I'm kind of lost. That's when Greg Gall came into my life. But I never had uh, a father. I never had a father figure. I, I used people on TV to be my father figure because I didn't know. I didn't know what it was to be a man. I didn't yeah. know. I, I had my the closest relative that I had that uh, paid any attention to me that was a man. Uh, he was only seven years older than me. So, you know, he's still figuring things out. And then it just, uh, you know, after 30 years, 30 something years of feeling like I just, I never had that. I never had a father, never had a father. Just popped in my head one day. You do too have a father. He's, he's the best father there is, you know? And it's just these, these moments when they click, you know, he answered my prayer. I do have a father. Yeah. And man, it's just like, it, they're so fun to, to celebrate. And, 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 then, and then you do. You want to immediately go out and be like, listen, everybody, mm-hmm. I've discovered something. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, well, of course he's some a father. Some people look at you like, <laughs> like, they look at me they're like, well, man, I used to be a gangbanger, drug dealer, drug user. What do you mean? Shut up. You know? <laughs> you know, Sometimes I, I'm like, hold on, man. Look where you pulled me from. I got to tell you, it's not exact. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everything's identical, but I see a lot of parallels in both of your lives. Well, and that's why sitting next to you the first time I was in, and um, and I, I, there were a couple stories, and I just went, man, we're we're different. You know, we live in different areas of town. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I actually lived on Ninth Street and fairly close to to Kingdom Life mm-hmm. um, for quite a period of time. Yeah. Um, I've lived in I've lived. Pretty much everywhere you can live. Yep. I've lived in some great areas. I've lived in some not mm-hmm. great areas. I've always been deep in the mud where you know people don't want to go get out of their cars. Right. You know they said they, they said they got the best tacos there. <laughs> <laughs> so just just that why you ever want to get some really good tacos? Go where they have drive-bys. <laughs> <laughs> they probably won't drive. They probably won't shoot you, but they'll try to fill your belly up. <laughs> but and I, and I I don't want to phrase this in a way that makes you go ugh. But it was reaff- It was it was. Refreshing to me to hear, and I and I say this uh, for and as hope that other people hearing you know my testimony and your testimony and all this stuff, because you you have this tendency to believe that you're the only one going through this particular thing. Yeah. You know, no one ever before had a father that wasn't in their life and, yeah, no. and a mother that was you know addicted to <coughs> substances and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. No one else had to go through what I had to go through, you know, looking at the perfect families and going, well, why can't I have that? And then being jealous and yeah. mad at God, because why didn't you give yeah, me that? Yeah. You know, that, but there's millions of people. Yeah. Uh, my group, you know, my group, uh, 
of friends, you know, um, some are gang members, some are still active gang members, some are, are not, but our main circle, I can count 10 guys that our kids have since birth been around. They call each other cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, they Some are in high school, some are graduated, but they have that cousin love because we've been together since 14, 15, 16 years old is the fact that we're all, I used to call us the band of misfits. Each one of us, each family member, each brother, each has a problem. Dad issues, parent issues, drug issues, but we've always combined and came together and showed these kids now a different way. And that's the thing that I tell Freddie now, it's like I always call us a band of misfits. We can walk in, my group of guys, we can walk into a, a bar, we can walk into a party, and people's like, that's a gang. They're my gang members, tatted up, Aztec symbol, but we're not. We're fathers, we're mm-hmm. husbands. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're so much more. Mess with one, yeah, you're gonna get the whole wrath <laughs> right. of everything. Uh-huh. You know, but to me, it's like before, I don't do that now. And now that I've separated myself from that, the stuff that I get from them, my best friend, talk, people talk so much shit about you're not Christian. Why? They call you a hypocrite. They call you, oh, Christian's a Bible thumper now. Oh, Christian's this, Christian's that. We don't understand what's wrong with Christian. Is he okay? Is he really done smoking weed? Is he really this? And it's like, brother, Nobody was there to rescue me when I was having my deep thoughts. Mm-hmm. Nobody, none of you was there. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I uh, smoke another joint, man. Stop being pussy. Oh, man, they shut up and do this. Man up, you know. Stop doing that. Nobody ever said, I love you. I love you. Come to me. Bring everything to you. Nobody said that but Jesus. You know, and that's what I try to show them now. Even this past weekend, I'm sitting there talking about this and I'm cussing and I'm telling this dude, it's like, man, whatever, man. That's why you're gay. You know, just messing with him, you know, because he's a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and then this girl's like, wow, for a holy man, you really know how to cuss. Yeah. And I didn't know how to take that. Yeah. What do you mean for a holy man? Now I'm a holy man. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, I have my thug to love and shirt on. I have Luke, the scripture back in the back. Why do you got that on? She was just so irritated. Her spirit was so irritated with me. Mm-hmm. I said to her, I'm like, where'd you get your hair, hair done? What's the matter? What's it to you? Wow. I'm like, I, I even told her, like, what did I ever do to you? Nothing. I'm just saying, why you got to be in people's business? And then, and then her spirit is not liking mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. What's bothering her, what's plaguing her, whatever stuff she's going through, does not like you. And it brought me back to scripture and it brought me back to stories I've heard about how, you know, what Jesus was coming and the day, depart from me. Depart from me, you know, I don't, it's not our time to don't cast us out. And it's like, wow, I'm seeing it. Now I'm seeing it, how stuff is happening. So there's this idea that if you're a Christian, you're then not perfect. Right? Yeah, so, how so, far from perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is the complete wrong idea. The whole mm-hmm. point of being a Christian is we know that we are not perfect, mm-hmm. that we need a savior. Yeah. Yeah. We are lost and going to go yes. to hell. Yes. Be separated eternally from God if we don't get this figured out. Yep. And who's the one that can do it? It's Jesus. Yep. And yeah. but but 
when you say to people, and I, and I felt this when I, when I was really starting to feel like there's moments where I'm like, that's the spirit. I know it's the spirit when I, and then I would go out into public and I'd be like, I don't feel like I can promote mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like, cause mm-hmm. I'm horrible. I know what I've done. I, you know, and yeah. I got, I got into this idea that I had to be this, this perfect person and I can't, I can't uphold that. And so the moment that I do something, the moment that I slip up, there's going to be a dozen people that are going to attack me and say, Nope, see, you're not a Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's what happened this last week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're you're supposed to be a holy man. Max Lucado has a a good quote. Uh, He says, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. God is working on all of us because every one of us is not perfect. Everyone, I was just telling at lunch, uh, I was telling one of the other guys, I was like, um, oh, I was telling, I was, no, it, it was before that. Uh, I think you had gone inside and I was talking to some of the people in the garage about this yeah. and, and saying everyone can be a part of it if you want to. And I said, you know, nobody has to be perfect. That's not the point. I said, I don't have to agree with everything you say. You don't have to agree with everything I say. I don't agree with things that I said <laughs> two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Nope. There's some things I look back and go, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Because I've grown. Mm-hmm. I've become more mature. I've gone closer to God. And some of the things I look back and I go, oh, I should not have done that mm-hmm. as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Why did I believe that? Why did mm-hmm. I believe God even wants us to do this? Nope. Things that I was preaching. Things that I was saying, yo, no, this is from God. Now I look back and go, what nope. was nope. I? Nope. Um, but, but that doesn't mean, uh, and again, one of the things we were talking about at lunch, that doesn't mean God can't use you where you are. I think a lot of people tend to go, I've become a Christian. I love God. And they listen to people around them say, okay, now you've got to study and, and, and you've got to work. And, and you've got to go to college, go to Bible college or you've got to yeah. do this or that uh-huh. for like 5, 10, 15 years before yeah. you before can have a ministry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you can be used right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It won't be used the same way that God's using that person over there. Yeah, yeah. But you can be used right now. Mm-hmm. And God will put you, if, if you let him, God will put you in those situations where you can be the most effective. Yeah. And that's no, what we were talking yeah. about. Uh, not to cut you off, but it, it yeah, no, good. To, uh, you know, God's been using me because I told him earlier, you know, sometimes I don't know perfect scripture to say things. I don't want to mm-hmm. be out in these homeless camps and, 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 and say the wrong thing to the person and lead them the wrong way. You know, I'd rather be quiet and listen to educate yeah. myself, you know, but there's times where I have friends of mine call me and they need some word of advice. Uh-huh. They need me. I got a friend of mine that just is battling alcoholism right now. He just is at his wit's end. And, you know, I felt, and I was telling my, my brother Mike from uh, from work, part of Cooper, or from group, I was like, I don't know why, but I just started praying and started praying with the dude. And I started mm-hmm. reading. Before when I started this, like every scripture that I'd read, I'd write down. If I'm seeing something on a podcast or I'm seeing something on something, I would pause it and rewrite it down, you know, certain things. And I was sitting there praying with them and the phone died. I kept coming back, kept going on hold. No matter what, the enemy didn't want me to tell him what I was telling him. Mm-hmm. And he finally told me, he's like, you know what, I'm not a believer, but this is all I got. And I said, brother, you know what you got to do now. 
So by me speaking to him, he was using me, mm -hmm. using what I had. When I talked to Tanner, when he calls me, they I messed up and slipped up again. You know, I did this. Okay, brother, it's okay. It's just a speed bump. It's just a speed bump. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Look at the bigger picture. This is like a, a thousand round heavyweight fight, man. You're going to get knocked down. Keep getting yeah. Because I kept getting knocked down. I kept going, but I was running around like, help. But I didn't know that Jesus was lifting me up. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that, that he was lifting me up. I'd go this way. He put me back in this way. Uh -huh. yeah. I'd take a right. He's like, no, I told you to go this way. I just didn't know because it wasn't even until recently that I found out that it's not about gospel or religion. It's not about church. It's about relationship and trust. Uh -huh. That changed it all for me because now yeah. I want you to know me and I want to know you. You know, you know me and I know you, then I'll be able to talk to, hey, look what this person, you know, look what he did to me. There's, um, on those books I told you you should uh, check out, uh, um, I always think of, there's, there's one story, he's, um, and, and, and I've mentioned this before, but uh, the final quest, the call, and the torch and the sword, that's what we're talking about. Uh, if you got to get out of here, go ahead. I, got to, I, I told her I'd be there, so I'm leaving by 3.30. Uh, 3 okay. But, um, 10 minutes. He's, he's fighting the battle. He's fighting a spiritual warfare. He's fighting from the mountain of God. Mm -hmm. uh, he's fighting against the armies of hell. Mm -hmm. uh, the demonic forces attacking him. And, and he goes through all of these things where God's showing him this and this. Well, actually, the angel of wisdom mm -hmm. comes to him and starts teaching him how to use wisdom. <clears throat> and he's doing this and he's doing that. And he's showing him how in the battle what he should do and he's climbing levels of the mountain and he's using the, the arrows he's using the sword of the spirit and as he goes on he like uh something happens where where wisdom and i see i don't want to give too much i want you to read it uh, i don't want to spoil too much but wisdom something happens where he says wisdom gives him something and he looks and he says everyone else has what he had he goes how did they get it and wisdom says, I gave it to them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you you can you can have those. I've got I've got a digital copy of them. Oh, okay, too, so. cool. Thank you. <laughs> but wisdom says, um, I gave them to him when they asked me. Mm -hmm. And he realizes, you know, wisdom is not this limited thing. It's God. Mm. And he says, You're the Lord. Yeah. And he says, Yes, you know, but you needed me as wisdom yep. at this time. And so it, what struck me is God was teaching him all these things when he needed them, and he didn't even know it was God. Exactly. No. And, and this led to this, led to this. God didn't try to do the whole thing at once, no. and he was screwing up in these mm -hmm. areas. And he, was even, and he was even calling him wisdom no. instead of Jesus. No. Didn't even recognize it as Jesus. But he, you know, it's like, yes, you're wrong here, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, right that's the thing where people, work on this. especially in my circle, don't understand, mm -hmm. you know, that I can be where I'm at and still be a child of God. Yeah, and you know he was I mean? still they, being they a successful think. warrior in the battle. Exactly. Even though he, he was getting this wrong and this wrong, he's like, okay, do this mm -hmm. now. And that was improving him. Mm -hmm. And so now do this. And that was improving him. He didn't try it all at once. Mm -hmm. He said, "Let's. I'm wisdom. Mm -hmm. Let me do this with you yeah. right now." Yeah. And that's and when he gets to the point where, oh my goodness, you're God. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's done all of this without even knowing that part. Exactly. You and that's, and that's exactly how I felt um, throughout my life. It's like, wow, I've seen where you've been, and I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. When I thought I took credit for it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, and a, a lot of times, uh, the moment that it sticks out to me the most, I think, to where I would want to say the Holy Spirit showed me, if you don't change, you're going you're gonna to die. Yeah. If you don't change your ways, you're not going to make it another night. I was in a, I was in a garage, and uh, it was just at the bar, closed it down. I was the type of person who'd sit there and be like, hey, you, 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 we're going to do your house. You go get some cocaine. You go get more drink. We're going to meet up over here. Let's continue the party. Keep it going. I didn't even give the person who owned the house a chance. Say, yeah, I want you to come to my house. <laughs> we're doing this, 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 and we're going. Okay. We're sitting there. A friend of mine, who's the one who's battling alcoholism right now, was with me. And we're sitting in the garage and we're drinking and darts and everything, you know, bar away from a bar type of deal. And got lines of cocaine over here and party over here and people are smoking weed over here. And I literally was standing there and I felt like I got pulled out of my body. And I looked at myself, sitting there looking at everybody. I'm looking at this people, looking at this. I'm seeing my friend who's never done cocaine do cocaine. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, is this it? This this is my life? Mm-hmm. This is this is this is what I've this is what I'm doing now. I got a wife, I got a child, mm-hmm. I got a job, like I've reached my my peak here. Like that's all I'm gonna do for the rest of my life, just sit here and get fucked up all the time. And it's almost like I got sucked back into my body. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. I was leaving. I didn't even say bye to nobody. I even left my friend who I took there. I didn't even say bye to him. As I was leaving, another friend of mine who I love him dearly, he just puked all over himself outside. And I shook his hand. I had puke all over me. He's like, I love you. And I remember looking, the look on his face wasn't even him. It was weird. And I said, I love you, brother. Stay up. And I left. And I was so coked out myself and drunk that I just started walking. I just started walking. I walked down the street. I took a right. I called my wife. I said, come get me right now. Where you at? I'm walking right by Menard on Southeast 14th. Just come get me. I'm done. I can't do this no more. If I, if I stay there, I'm going to die. She came and got me. As I'm getting in the car, Freddie and his wife was calling me. Hey, where you at? Because they were there. Where you at? Did you just leave? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I knew you were leaving. She's like, all right, I love you. My friend ended up calling 6 o'clock in the morning. Where the fuck did you go, man? You just left me. I'm like, well, I can't drive, man. They'll give you a ride home. He didn't get home till like 8 o'clock that morning. Never done cocaine in his life. His wife was pissed at him because he just couldn't go to sleep. And when I knew that I caused that, when I knew that by me saying, you, 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 this, this, and that, that made me so angry and I felt so ashamed, man. I felt so, how do you have that power? How do you have that thing where you can get this person to do this, dude, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that, and didn't give them no chance 
uh, if, ands, or buts about it. You're going to do it, shut the fuck up, and let's go. You know, and to have that type of thing that I had, I checked, I, I didn't check myself. The Holy Spirit checked me. He said, you need to stop. If you don't stop right now, you're going to die. You know, I was having uh, high blood pressure issues. I didn't, wasn't using a sleep apnea machine. I, I, my wife, I'd stop breathing sometimes. My wife wow. would sit there and, hey, <laughs> are you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, to me, it's like, my, I was eating nine, ten thousand 10,000 calories a day. Like, right. I was horrible, man. And now where I'm at. When that happened, I'll say about four months later, I got baptized. I kept smoking weed, smoking weed, doing that. And then finally in September, is when it finally stamped in and said, look, you're either in or out. Right. You can't be double-minded. You can't be, I got baptized, but let's go smoke weed and get fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do this. And then nah. now it's just like, that's how come now I can say and do what I say because I been there. I've been on the other side of the moon, if you will. I've been in the darkest alleys, in the darkest place with the darkest people, and I know what that life is about. And my body said, you're either in or I'm going to cast you out. You're going to be like the dry branch that's withered and cast into the fire because I can't use you no more, Christian. I cannot. And, and now that's why I tell Freddie, we, just like you guys, Freddie is my guy. Mm -hmm. Ever since he had that incident, and me and him have our daily devotional conversation where we'll talk sometimes for like an hour and a half when we're talking about this and that and, and we're relating and I'm telling him and I'm doing this and he comes back at me. It's a beautiful thing when you can find somebody like that, but you can sit there and just go. Definitely. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes he's like, I don't, I don't feel like it today, but when I don't feel like it today, you call me. Yeah. And when I don't feel like it today, Freddie calls me. It's a weird thing. I don't understand. I'm just going with it. But <laughs> I love it now because I can't call my brother Gary, who I've been friends with 16 years, because he don't understand. Yeah. He wants the old me to come back. He wants the old Christian to come back and smoke weed with him yeah. and kick it. He misses that old person because... He doesn't understand how Christians is going through a phase. He'll be back now. You know, I saw no coming back. A, a psychological tidbit the other day, not even scriptural, not even from the gospel, just psychology says when someone says, man, you've changed, 95% of the time what they're really saying is, you don't act the way I want you to anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is with my group of friends. Everybody sees me. I was telling my friend, hey, I was helping this guy out, and I was telling him about God, and I was doing this, and he's like, that's okay that you're doing that, but don't bring God into it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's okay that you're helping this person, and that's good, do that, but you don't got to bring God into this. Mm -hmm. And that baffles me, man, because I'm a baby in this. I'm like, how do I combat that? Maybe it's not my, I don't know, how do I say wrong without them getting mad at me right? and me loving them the way I love them because then that interacts with the love connection uh -huh. that I have. It, it, that, that's a question that I've wrestled with before too, but something that that uh, that I remember is it's your job to plant the seed. Mm -hmm. Now, it's the job of the Spirit mm -hmm. to water right. that seed. 
So you you keep you keep putting the seed down, mm-hmm. and if they're if they if they make the choice, mm-hmm. the spirit will come. Yeah. You know, yeah. the spirit will do its part. All all you're at, all you need to do mm-hmm. is just put the seed. Now that yeah. might mean that you have to do it every season. Some people I know the guys that I'm around, man, they're great guys. You know, the great group of people. I love them for a reason. There's times where we've had we'll go we'll go camping. You know, and to me, I used to be the weed man, so everybody's like hovering around me. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, Christian, yeah, yeah. That and now that I don't sell weed no more and I don't smoke, it's like I don't get no phone calls. Yeah. Nobody calls me. Uh-huh. Nobody checks in on me. Nobody likes my post about Christian scriptures and Jesus this and, you know, through me, anything's possible without me, nothing's, everything's impossible. Like, nobody, there's only two or three people that like those posts. Mm-hmm. But if I put a girl with fat butt and half naked, <laughs> everybody's liking the posts. It's yeah. like, to me, it's like, okay, I see. And you're right. You know, I just got to take it um, day by day with them. I want to bring them all to Christ, especially the circle around me, because they're great people. I know their hearts. I know their hearts. They're, they'll, man, they love you and they, they, they're just great people, but we're so lost. They were so lost in the old way the enemy has them so comfortable in their state of mind that they don't want to leave it. I, it, it was, mm-hmm. it was revelation to me to hear that the enemy will bless you to keep you where you are. Mm-hmm. He'll bless you with a new house, a new car. Mm-hmm. He'll do that. I don't have a person in mind. I won't say his name, but he did that. Blessed him with a new house, new car, but he hates his life. Mm-hmm. He is not happy with his life. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is look at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. How many celebrities or, or Nashville, how many musical uh, bands and singers, mm-hmm. they, they sold their soul to mm-hmm. the devil because he offered them all of the riches mm-hmm. of what he This world. Yeah. But... You know, the, the cool thing about that, though, is is he, we don't actually own our soul. Mm-hmm. So we can't say, here, devil, you can have my mm-hmm. soul. So even if they have got so lost to a point where, you know, the, the, the Satan controls them and, and owns them, he doesn't. Yeah. Because the soul belongs to God. Yeah. And they can still come it's back. It's choice. You know. Free will and choice. Mm-hmm. We wake up. He purchased it at the cross. He sure did. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love about it. The more I keep reading and knowing, my wife had a book that says How to Find God. It's a beautiful book. Um, it's crazy because my wife, she's new, new to this. She doesn't know. She loves the fact that her husband's changed. She tells me, I love your selflessness. I love who you're becoming now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love everything you do for the homeless and the volunteering and going on Tuesdays to give pancakes to the kids at, at East High School. I love everything. And I tell her, then come with me. I want you to complete this circle. We need to be strong together in this house. And she fights it because of whatever issue she has. Uh-huh. She says, my walk ain't your walk. I'm not all into it like you. And I told her, the only reason I'm into this is because that's all I had. There was nothing left out here. There wasn't no weed, no drugs, no nothing that could give me what I have now. I was like, and you have to understand that. I was like, and I hope you don't ever have to go through what I did. 
Because mm-hmm. I don't ever want you to. I'll be walking all of a sudden, jump over the bridge. Huh? I'll be driving, run right into the wall. What? Where's this coming from? I'm a, yeah, I'm a laughable, lovable guy. You know, you said yourself, I'm, you didn't mm-hmm. see it. I always used to look at the picture. I've always wanted a tattoo of a, of a clown that's got the, the, the smiley face on the outside face mask. But when he's taking it off, He's crying and hurting inside. Yeah. Uh-huh. That yeah. vision always got to me. I wanted that to be a big old mural because that's me. That was me to the T. Mm-hmm. On the outside, everybody looked at me. Man, Chris was a funny guy, lovable, but at the same time, I felt like Robin Williams. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, he's so funny and great, but I didn't want to live no more. He's hurting. Yeah. I was hurting inside. And that's the thing that, to me, I want to tell people who's looking that you can find that. You can beat that, but not by yourself. Like, you have to really get into that relationship with Jesus Christ and know your Father, know the Holy Spirit. Like, I never knew. I didn't know who to pray for when I was (laughs) new. Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? Do I pray to God? Do I say, Father, hey, Jesus. I say, you know what, whoever's listening, <laughs> whoever this is for, nah, it, it's, it's, I'm a baby in this, man, and uh, I'm trying my hardest to understand. Um, every day I come, I fall short of the glory of God every day. I still, um, I still have my thoughts and, and, and I still battle with some, but I know now that it's not a flesh fight. I understand now that it's a spiritual fight and I need help. I keep telling my friends, it's like you're in a WWE match and I need help and I'm about to tag in somebody. Instead of sitting here over and over and over, I was just telling uh, Tanner this. I was like, you sit there and battle this every day by yourself. This You're fighting a, a million round fight and you're going to get tired, brother. You need to attack him, man. You need to bring everything yeah. to God and say, God, here I am. You know me because he's going to stand right next to you and be like, I'm waiting to help you. I'm waiting to help you, but you won't tag me in. He's not only just standing there, he's going. Yeah, like, come on. Like, come on, you going to tag me in? Yeah. You know, once he tags him in, then everything flushes. <laughs> Is it going to yeah. be easy after that? No. And you're right. And, <laughs> and he won't go over to you and say, look. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, well, he's doing this yeah, waiting for you. And that's exactly what yeah. I told Tanner. That's exactly what I told Andy. That's exactly what I told Freddie. <laughs> you know, I tell them, I was like, you guys need to really, if you want the peace that I have now, if you want the stuff that you see Christian now, look, man, I love the way, bring it all to him because I did. All my sin, I used to convict myself of sin all the time. Mm-hmm. The pastor at men's group said, stop digging up your past because mm-hmm. God sees it no more. Yeah. Oh man, I went home. I'm like, wow, yeah. wow. I keep digging up sin I did in '93, '95, '96, '97. Everything uh-huh. that I did, I felt so horrible for the things that I did. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for '93. Until I found out that he's like, what? '93? What? I don't. Yeah, '93 is gone. Why do you keep bringing it up? It gets to a point where you're repenting for a sin that he's already forgiven, so therefore exactly. it's not doing exactly. You know. And I'm sitting there praying and crying to God, but I was this and I was doing this, and I'm so sorry that it wasn't until Pastor said, "Stop taking your shovel and digging up 
your past uh -huh. because he sees you, you're white as snow, you're good. And when I realized that, my breakthrough was phenomenal, man. I told my wife, I'm like, I feel myself again alive like I did prior to my shoulder surgery, prior to my depression, prior to my anxiety. I never knew what depression was. I never knew what anxiety was. Man, I smoked so much weed. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about nothing. I'm going to eat this Oreo cookie shake and leave me alone. You know, and now it's like, I feel that way now and it's amazing because I have no weed that gave me that feeling. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that I am pure, purified by him. So with that, guys, I'll leave you. I got a rule. I was going to say, I would do this all day, but oh, yeah, I'm looking hey, at the I got, clock with Man, me I got four more hours here. in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, thank you so hey, much. No, thank you for inviting me, guys. And uh, so we got to get out of here. So we'll end it by saying once again... This has been Scott. Christian. This is Brad. And this is definitely not about us. Nope, not about us. Not him. <laughs>